Hey guys, Veronica, Andrew, and Nate here. We are Foodies Watching Movies, a podcast dedicated to awesome movies, great food, and that's about it. Check us out on the JIC Network at www.journeyintocomics.com. Maybe throw some money over to our Patreon so we can eat this week. And now your feature presentation. Following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode thirty of Poor Three Sixty. Yes, yeah, this is a show where we cover topics, things of importance, things that are going on in the world, and this is a little bit of a different kind of episode because, as people have been following me for a while, know that this is kind of the third slash fourth iteration of this show. This started way back in almost, what is it, two years, three years to the day? Almost you know, Nate? two years exactly. Almost two years exactly, yes. Uh, Nate... Phillips, the podfather himself is joining me here on this episode. Yo. How are you doing today, Nate? Dude, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's cool to be on this show with you and actually talk together instead of me filling in. <laughs> yeah, because you've actually, you're the only one um, who's filled in on this show. You've, uh, obviously you've been on other shows, but you've solo done this show, well, back when it was the Poor Report. Um did two episodes back when I was traveling so much for work and just had a lot going on and you stepped up and helped me out and it was a huge help. Man, you know, I think that's one thing, I'm not going to lie, I really love about this network is every show I believe in and every show I listen to, so I know what your guys' flair is, I know what the style is, and I also know when I listen to the show, the certain things that I would tweak or do in my style. So when you told me like, hey, like you know, way back at fourteen, I need somebody to fill in. It was like an emergency situation. I think you had to fly out to Utah or something last yeah, second. Yeah, like I was catching the, I was catching the flight. Like I was like, I'm leaving in like an hour. Okay. And I don't have time to record. And I was like, dude, I, I literally, I can, I can do this. I have it, you know. And I filled in. And then I think not necessarily the exact same circumstance, but something to where work shifted your ability to record on that that second time I filled in. And it was just like, oh, I got this, man. This is, this is poor rapport and now you know poor 360 which is all bringing everything full circle because it's a a little bit of the two shows that were in the middle with your news and your entertainment as well as the some of the original poor report itself when you are topical and then now with 360 you have all those things as well as a platform to talk about other things that you haven't yet discussed exactly i know i got this being episode 30 i got a lot planned kind of taking this thing forward i can see this thing definitely going a while and we know we just had a big milestone with the network. We saw that podcast, we just crossed the 100-episode threshold. Yeah, and as we release this tomorrow, which is going to be the 6th, we are one day shy of the two-year anniversary of the Journey into Comics Network, if you can believe it. Wow, that is exciting. Could you imagine? I know you've talked about it before on like the OGs and stuff, but do you ever think you'd get to a point where... The network that you and Brandon started is now two years old and has spawned countless podcasts now. It, it is kind of crazy, and sometimes it gets overwhelming, you know, but honestly, I look at it, and it's all great. 
like across the board. And you know what, AP, it's, I'm glad we're talking about this here on your show because you're a great representation of why I thought the network was going to work. You're somebody who I love talking to. I think you have a great viewpoint in the world. You're a very level-headed individual. You have a solid voice. You also have a background doing, you know, radio type things and being and 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 political and all those kind of things. So you were somebody who I just when we reconnected, I was like, man, he would do so many cool things with a podcast. So when the network was like spawned, you were probably the third person that we reached out to total between me reaching out to Brandon and making it official. And then I think Dick to see if he was coming and joining what we were planning or if he was not joining. And then we asked you immediately, would you like to do this show? I think it would be something fun. It allows you to bring the poor rapport out of retirement from your Bradley days um, and allows you then also to uh, expand on that, man. Yeah, because I mean, because literally when the poor rapport first started, which I've talked about when I started the podcast, it was just... It was literally a radio show. Like, I played music, I talked a little bit, and that was kind of the extent of it. And I was actually able to evolve this and put on a flair on it. Obviously, no music or not much music, but uh, it was nice to actually bring that out and actually kind of dive into some topics that I was interested in. And it wasn't interesting because it was my show. Even though it was on this network, I could I had full creative control over what I could and couldn't do. Exactly. And I don't I want to tell you what to do. You do it yourself. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't tell you how to do JIC. You don't tell me how to do the show. We all... It all, but it all still easily works together because we all kind of know each other, know what we all bring to the table, and it really just allows us to make make something great. Yeah, and it, it allows you as a as a podcast creator because it's not just about <clears throat> you covering the news, covering topics. You have a very uh, and more historical than some, and and I and I feel you in this too. But you know about the political world. You've seen people run campaigns i think you also ran some campaigns when you were in school and whatnot so you know you've you've been in it so for you to dive into that world is one thing but then like i've loved peeling back and then you know from poor rapport news entertainment now 360 um you also spawned out adulting ain't easy and you know to to look at it you know just in the poor shows you know just in your namesake show and and every Tuesday you've been you've always stayed the pillar of Tuesday, my friend. But uh, yeah, you're like what? This has to be ninety nine or a hundred or something, hundred episodes. Yes, this is um, a hundred episodes that I have. I have podcasted myself on a show that is just me. If you remember back, because obviously you co-hosted too, so and I started the same week as Podcastrophy, so they had theirs last week. So you think, oh, this is my 99, but I remember on the poor report, I had a weird idea. I'm like, I got two different shows here. Do you care if I just drop them both on the same day? And you're like, yeah, go for it. That was 28 and 29, I believe, or 38 right. and 39, somewhere in there. It was the 8 and the 9 of that run, though. I remember very specifically. And it, and it was like, why would I say no to that? It's cool. It's something different. We have no reason not to drop content, it, you know, kind of set the 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 stage for what would become two a days when we would have shows running alongside of best of the week you know and just having a show run at 6 a.m and then a show at noon it, it gives some space and and you know so again your sh- your show really helped flesh out the vision that is what we have now I think I, I I agree I really appreciate you saying that but yeah I think 
I think what the that first that first week schedule I think really kind of set the groundwork for how the network was going to proceed. Like we saw how the week was brought up, we saw how doing the weekends. That was when you got your idea to have an episode, uh, a content each day of the week. I remember that was your one of the things you wanted from the very beginning of the network. Well, and I think it was you know at the very beginning of the network I had really high hopes. Like I wanted to come guns a blazing day one, like seven days a week. Here we go. But we really didn't have nearly enough shows. We had no any kind of idea how to actually produce other people and give insight. And then we were, you know, having people send in trial episodes or, or pilots as it were. And every time we'd listen, we'd be like, fuck yeah, of course you're going to get through, man. Like you did exactly what we wanted you to do. You were just yourself. And that's, what's more important. You're hearing it. I don't know if the audience is hearing it, but even here on poor 360, we get the train of our existence showing up in yeah, the journey into comics right. network. And it's still weird. Like, cause I'll, when I listen in on the episodes that like it comes up, I don't hear the train, but just being in the room or being like like how we're doing now, it sounds loud and clear. So it's definitely the the magic of editing that you don't hear that. Well, and really, I think if you're wearing headphones, you would more likely hear it than if you were just right. in open space or like in a car because it's such low white noise. It would be drowned out. But if you were like locked into some noise canceling headphones, you'd be like, "Oh shit!" The train of our existence just <laughs> came in my face. Oh god, here we go. Oh my gosh! And I remember, like at least back in the in the early days, you had I think you were podcasting yourself or involved in a podcast. Like seventy five percent of the schedule, I think, was kind of how it started out. Now you're you've got able to step back and let some other creators kind of take front and center. Like even with foodies with with which that you and Veronica started and I kind of helped out with, it's kind of become like Veronica's kind of the one front and center and able to kind of drive that ship and you're able to enjoy being a passenger as opposed to the driver. Yes, absolutely well said. And I think that <clears throat> being there hand in hand with a lot of these shows, kind of like Brandon was the training wheels for Dick and Podcastrophe, I was a little bit of training wheel. Some of the other shows we had ideas for, Brandon and I had already had the rapport for wrestling or whatever. But then now, like, their ideas, I'll talk to you off air about some of these ideas, but I've had a couple of the people within our network come up with, well, we've got a couple new show concepts, but then also we've had somebody that came to me and wants to take one of my shows and re-visualize it for a season. And it is a oh. brilliant idea. I, I'm I'm hopeful that we can pull it off how we see it happening. Um, I'll tell you more about that later. But yeah, like, I really just to, I guess we're reminiscing because it's 100 episodes here. But like, I really love creating with all you guys on the network because it is a little bit of something different. It is, you know, AP and I will do a show that's totally different than how Tyler and I would do a podcast. Or the same could be said for Brando or any number of people you plug in any people and the cool thing is too is ap could totally go do a podcast with tyler and dick and it would be phenomenal we can have crossovers however we want whenever we want with whoever we want and it will always work because we all have this like camaraderie slash rapport and we all respect each other like if you're putting the work in to do a podcast you understand what it means to be doing a podcast either week in and week out or bi-weekly it's still taxing right it's not just I mean easy and I, I agree 100%. You can see that, like, we don't get to the milestones we're getting as the network has these shows going on second seasons on 100 episodes without knowing to put the work in. There's not going to be 
like people who have, don't have the endurance, they don't have the that fire in them. They don't make it this far. That these these are the shows that make it ten episodes, twelve episodes, and then go their separate ways, or it gets retooled and they do other things with it. But or you have like a crazy unfortunate thing where you have somebody as dedicated and loving to podcast as Chris Plant who gets fucked and crucial tunes right now is only in an 11 11 episode show we do hope and really expect it to become a second season and we you know once he gets able to get back into the thick of things but you know that that's a circumstance that it's like it's not expected and you're right it's hard as fuck to get to like seven or eight episodes on a show and even to just maintain that you know in and of itself because you have to constantly be thinking with your best creative foot forward and you can't just go walk into a show and go well i can talk to somebody that's good enough because even though it kind of is it kind of isn't i can't just sit here on autopilot with you i'm thinking about our conversation obviously right because if, you, if you're just on autopilot then it it really it comes it shows it shows you're kind of phoning it in and at that point why why do it you're you're wasting your time you're wasting the listener's time you got to be bringing something to that conversation to make it worthwhile like, I'll listen to, like, I used to just listen to audiobooks, and now I just listen to a ton of different podcasts. Like, I fell backwards into, because my podcast would randomly start playing, like, the next episode and what I'm subscribed to. So I was doing something, and it randomly dropped me into Dungeons with Dudes, which I haven't watched, unfortunately, just because I, I really feel like I need to, like, pay attention because it kind of jumps in. All of a sudden, like, there's guys talking in, with country accents, and I'm like, what the hell is happening? And then listen for like 45 minutes while doing other things. So the cool thing about that episode that you're talking about, which is a fiasco out west, I do believe, uh, that's actually a self-contained episode. You can listen to that, and it has nothing to do with any other further stories. Fiasco is a game that every time you play it, it's different. It has different scenarios because you're always role-playing different variations on characters that already exist mixed with your own ideas. So it's like you literally have two to four hours of setup time for one fiasco game because you're deciding what your characters are, how their relationships are formed. So then when you actually play the game, it's almost as if it's a single self-contained story. Okay. And was fiasco the game that we also played at um, LoffyCon? Yes, sir. Was that the one you guys played? That was the first time they play-tested it. We live play-tested it. It was a little bit of a train wreck, yeah, but it was still good. They've done several episodes since. They've done three full campaigns. The Death House, Barovia Bros, and now Valor and Val, uh, Valaki, Valor and Valaki. That's hard to say, but um, so Bruise with Dudes is just soldiering on just as well, man. And and, and or Dungeons with Dudes is soldiering on. Bruise with Dudes is soldiering on. They're on their way to episode one hundred. Um, we're going to be recording that I think on the fifteenth of September. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, man. It's just it's it's amazing that you see like these shows that you remember when they were ideas or parts of ideas like. Oh yeah, man. And now I think, and and now Bruce Dudes has a like they have a product, they have a beer that exists. It's in the world. People have tried it. It's like crazy. It's amazing what can come from an, a simple idea. I you couldn't have said it any better because it it does. It starts with a small spark, and it takes everybody just kind of like even in little things, man. You know, you I think undercredited yourself quite a bit when you said you had a little bit to do with foodies. You're again a very big integral part to that show because. When it was still a concept, you were throwing ideas at that concept that helped kind of form what we wanted to do. And that's why I was like, you should just be a part of this shit, dude. Like, duh. It makes the most sense, you know? 
and and it, of course, you know, with lately with scheduling mixed with you going to Africa and everything that's been happening, we haven't had a good episode of Foodies together. We've been doing some episodes of Foodies, but they haven't been all together now like we want them to be. We are trying to plan to make that happen very soon. So right, uh, I know. Like th- this season's been a little rough just because I think it started right before I got married, and then this whole year's just been kind of crazy since. Absolutely, you're in your first year of wedlock, my brother. I know, and I'm really, it's, it's all going great, and then I'm excited, because I keep hearing, when I listen to Foodies, they're getting close to the the 90s, the 90s bracket, and I'm excited to jump in and go in all in on that. I need so. you and Liz to send me your top 25 lists so I can start to figure the bracket out. That's something I wanted to tell you, so I guess I'm telling you here and now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let her know, and we'll get that, get that over to you, because I know that's coming up. Uh, I know we got something planned uh, in an episode forthcoming and then we'll have the finale not too far after that so yeah we'll definitely have that ready so we can lock on have a great episode and now that, since we'll have a uh hopefully be sitting at a will be an odd number yeah we'll be sitting at an odd number so shouldn't end up with a tie this time yeah that's the way to do it because i still remember on the 80s because i had to leave and then you guys were stuck at a tie and had to ask the world to help you and then i had to call i tried to call you and it couldn't go through for some reason yeah, it was weird. Like my phone was. I remember like, l- like watching the video, like trying to call me live, and nothing went through. And then I was like, I was right here. I had service. What happened? No, uh, I would have changed the vote. No, it would have totally been Ferris Bueller that won if we would have called you. Yeah, it's all good. Would have changed everything. We'll, we'll, Damn it. The nineties bracket will be will be another lots of fun. It's gonna be especially brutal. with a lot of. Uh, Especially with, I think there's especially there's a lot of Kevin Smith in the '90s, and we know how we feel about Kevin Smith. Oh yeah, he's he's the best. Um, yeah, I got to get my tickets for reboot. I know I want to go see that. Hell yes, absolutely. So what are we doing here today, man? I'm I'm a guest on your show. Am I the first yes. official guest on your show? No, because I went through. I you're I think the third because I had Tyler on one and I had Liz on one when I was doing the the pet series. They like three episodes on pets pet keeping all of that and i had tyler and liz on those were like the um early days of uh pre-adulting huh uh no that was uh i think that was early this year oh i can't it was pre-adulting season two i think oh okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I i yeah it was it was during that uh, that layover period so it all worked out but um yes i have you on here and this is kind of the first pretty much on brand episode even though it's it's been a bit of a tangent to begin with but it's always great to get the good conversations out but this is a show that kind of delves into politics current events all of that and i kind of want to know your journey to politics obviously when we first met we really didn't get into that too much it was just it's it's weird conversation for friends really to have now but i know you've gotten a lot more into it since then and especially now with the the climate we're in and what's going on in the world so i kind of want to know how you got to where you are now in terms of that if it's something that's always been in the back of your head or i don't know take me through it it's very interesting when i think about politics because looking back i remember the first time i quote unquote voted i was a kid and it was Mm -hmm. in um i was probably in it must have been the 94 election I was in third or fourth grade. Ross Perot was going up against Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. Okay, it's a real weird card. Uh, And even back then, I 
you know, thought it was cool to have an opinion as a kid. I was like, this is neat. Like, they want me to say who I liked. Well, I clearly thought that Ross Perot should win. Actually, I think I voted Clinton. But, you know, I put it in whatever, and it was no big deal. And, you know, that happened in 94. And then politics really doesn't exist to me until the end of Clinton's second term. You had the whole Lewinsky thing, and that was something that kind of blew up as I was growing up, and I remember that. But then, like, out of that, you had the craziness of the recount in Florida for the 2000 election. Right, and that's the first one that I remember. Well, that's the, like, I remember being like fifth grade, seeing that happen. That was where I kind of jumped into this whole political sphere and paying attention to all that. Same, exactly the same. It's where my mind was captivated because I felt the fate of our nation relied on somebody like Al, Al Gore who had already been, and I mean he's calling it back then climate change is real we need to get on the ball that's 20 years ago at this point and now it's really a problem and the and the clock is really ticking and you look at that moment in time and i thought that we were screwed when they kind of fucked i guess is the way to say it al gore out of winning that presidency and how everything went down with the quote-unquote recounts and the misballots and, and everything and yeah the insanity of the whole circus of it all drove me to be like well when i get old enough like i want to i want to make a change like i want to do something about it you know and i followed closely with politics of course the very next year we have 9 11 so that kind of like boasts my patriotism up as well and i'm like i really want to help make a change so all through high school i kind of had it in my head as soon as i get out of high school i'm running for political office in this town i don't care i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what the point of it is but i want to at least try to make things better that was my like end goal for the whole thing weren't you also considering the military too at one point or was that well i mean yeah and and you guys can get that back on the episode i did with tyler where i was like 16 or 17 and i call i you know got a call from the navy and i got a call from the marines both and the navy once i talked to them they were really interested in me and they were like checking off boxes man and they got to medical conditions and they asked you do you have any medical conditions i was like well I mean, I have chronic migraines, but, and they literally hung up on me. Oh. And I never heard from any military branch ever again. They, like, never reached out. Like, they blacklisted me because I have it. I, I don't know that officially, but I never received another phone call from anyone. Like, no one was interested in me. So it was like, okay, you know, whatever. So That's put you, put you on blast. You're like, all right, this guy, just don't call him. He can't use him. I was Steve Rogers, man. You know, yeah, I was just fucking you just change your name and go under like, I have no medical issues. That's fine. Let's go. Yeah, that, in hindsight, that would have been very stupid because I, anyways, but so in 2005 ish going into like 2006 ish, um, there were talks and then there was about to be an election in Hoopston. They were having aldermen. I was in ward four. Um, and coincidentally enough one of the aldermen in ward four is my stepdad and i wasn't running against him because he wasn't up for re-election another guy was and i ran and i got like interviewed by uh channel three wcia channel three news you know that as the you know central mm-hmm. illinois local news they came to my grandma's house on easter and did this big piece on me and talked to me and stuff you know 
And my whole thing was like, you know, I just want to make a change. And it's also cool because I would be the youngest person in history to have made a change um, on right. like as far as an elected official in a city. I would have at that time been the youngest because I was 19. So it was a really interesting piece. And there was some buzz. And, you know, I had some ideas and I wanted to I was, you know, looking at it now, really naive at what I wanted to change. And I think now I would go from a more like a base of economics, especially looking at how Hoopston example. Okay. So, you know, this, cause you live in Illinois, Illinois is going to become, uh, the what 11th or 12th state to have recreational cannabis. Right. Right. And, um, so that's a big thing. Uh, the whole state has decided it's cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get a phone call from my dad. He's like, you'll never believe this shit. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, Hoopston city council's talking about making legal weed illegal here. Just in the city of Hoopston. Yeah, and I'm like, do you realize how back fucking water that is? Like, that is going to be something that economically boosts their town. And they're saying, no, no, thank you. We would rather not have money. And they keep making those kind of moves. So like I said, now that I'm a little bit older, the, the economical side of me goes, this is not right. Like, they need to be doing something fucking different, man. But um, I ran, I lost by six votes. I also learned from about 40, and that is not an under number, about four zero, 40 people were turned away at the polls where they were supposed to be able to vote for me in Ward 4, and they were told, no, you have to vote for this other thing, which was a Ward 5 ballot that had no competition. It was a one-person vote. So they literally just like, Kinda and the and the even crazier thing, the guy that won where people were getting turned away was his church, his local fucking church. Oh, so they were. It was a. It was kind of a cons- not quite a conspiracy, but they were. It was planned. They were trying to make sure his guy got in. Exactly, and as a nineteen-year-old, I see the crookedness of it, and I was like, "Wash my hands of it. I want to have nothing to do with that side of politics." Like, if I'm going to make a change, I'm just going to be an advocate for change. Like, I'm going to make my voice Mm -hmm. heard. I'm going to stand my ground and stand my opinions and know if I get into verbal warfare, quote-unquote warfare with somebody about a topic, I know what I'm talking about in any given thing I'm going to debate with you about. I don't just go in and say, oh, let's let's debate gun control, and then I just fucking spout off a bunch of nonsense that doesn't make any sense to the possibilities of what we can do in this country. I've looked at the laws, and I know, and you guys are going to hear this when eventually we get to the next episode of the voice survival i'm like teasing it here but like i know why gun reform worked so well in australia i literally researched that entire port arthur massacre in its entirety i know the whole story you know and um they have not had but like a total of 20 shootings on that entire continent since 96 so that's a pretty huge change from a crazy massacre down to 20 total um right but anyways, yeah, man, I'm very passionate about politics. I, um, you know, was very vocal um, for Barack Obama and his presidency. And did he do everything perfect? No. Were there some things that are maybe a gray area? Sure. But it doesn't, yeah. like, if you're looking at it, at least in my opinion, one president's uh, ups and downs should not be the bar for other presidents. What should affect a right. president's like our viewpoint of a president when you think about somebody like abraham lincoln what do you think of it i don't give a fuck that he's a republican which of course the republican party reformed i know i understand that whole how it actually is kind of democratic at that time or whatever but like abe lincoln reformed our country he healed a nation Mm -hmm. in civil war dude he i mean 
all the things that he put in place to change our nation for the better, if they would have been implemented then, we probably wouldn't have had a civil rights movement in the 60s. We wouldn't have had as much drama as we've had with our country and black people being unfairly selected by police and other people to be targets. You know, like... Right. Again, all these things, man, it's just like my voice for politics is so strong. I have my finger on the pulse. I'm always watching all the different things. We're going to be talking about it. Obviously, it's one of the things you wanted to discuss with me, but we did just recently have the first large set of debates for the Democrat, uh, the Democratic caucus and whatnot. Um, right. So, yeah, man, I'm just always on that stuff. I'm always keeping my ear to the ground and, and just trying to um, – keep myself educated as best i can and i never just take one story at face value i dive deeper you have to you absolutely you must mm-hmm. so i know that it speaking of that, like obviously it's a lot easier now to be kind of more informed just because we're being information is being thrown at us constantly like there's the advent of facebook man you get your information so quick and then you know what one thing i want to briefly just touch on mad props to facebook for adding the snopes fact checker to the article thing now, you know, Mm -hmm. I've seen it and it's like automatic. You don't have to look and see if there's a Snopes article. It attaches for you because it's like, this is a true fucking story here. I, can you believe this? Right. That's huge. In in an era where you have a president spouting that there's fake news and that's directed Mm -hmm. at the opposition on the other side of the aisle. And then in, when in reality, the side that is defending the president is actually creating fake news and mass hysteria. You know, so it's like this, like completely backwards dichotomy, fucking thing. Right. Just like so with the advent of all this with news, we saw a lot of really the, the fake news, which is obviously not what it's, whatever you hear it, what you think of. But there's been so much. It's almost like clickbait to an extreme. It's just super negative stuff that has no basis in reality. That's enough to like scare people into thinking like they said what. Like I see so many things about. Um, that uh, Congresswoman uh, Cortez, the Alexandria the Ocasio Cortez, out of the 14th yes. district of New York. I know, brother. I fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> AOC. But yeah, like how, like there's some of the, the things. Like I remember it became this big thing just recently about she had um, some of her staffers were leaving. They're trying to frame it that oh, it's because she's horrible and all this. And it's like no, she's just platforming these people to get her agenda out there into the world and like they're moving on to better things she's not like making them want to leave she's like you should go do this this is better for you to do this can help all of us and people are only seeing the negative of that well and i think that what you're you're what we're seeing in this country is also this like um and i'm gonna just keep it real here brainwashed boomerism because I think there are so many baby boomers that have been locked into that Fox News rhetoric for so long that they'll believe a fucking turd being served to them is a fucking Big Mac from McDonald's that's freshly made for them, you know? And they'll eat that right. shit up, literally. That's not like any kind of metaphor. They will. And um, right. I think that Fox News is a lot more seedy and undermining to our democracy than people give it credit for. Because I think that a lot of the strings that are getting pulled are because these old school Christian conservative types who think that our nation was built on that and only that. Mm-hmm. The, again, falsifying of one nation in 19, what was it, 53, we added under God. 
That thing wasn't there before, now it is under right. God. So in that change, when that change comes, these boomers are all locked into that belief. And then you have Vietnam where people were firmly against it. So now these hippies have been negatively um, viewed and put out to pasture, as it were. And again, conservatives holding on tight to their ideology and it's been strangled through the decades and you've had your Rush Limbaugh's and your fucking, I can't even think of that other beady motherfucker. What was his name? Um, Beck. Was it Beck? Alex Jones? Not, not Alex Steve Jones. Bannon? What? Not Sean Hannity. Glenn Beck? Glenn Beck, yeah. Glenn Beck? Yeah, and people like that that like push this right-wing agenda. You have the Drudge Report and all these things are taking a story, spinning mm -hmm. it, and spinning it with what? What's the one thing all these places use over anything else? Do you know what it is? It's a four-letter F word. Hmm. Four-letter F word. Fear? They all use fear. You're absolutely correct. They take a story that they know they can take a few things and twist. Okay, what are conservative Christians afraid of? They're afraid of Muslims and change, okay? So if we push this Muslim agenda is happening and this is why this crime happened, then clearly you're 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 now pulling the strings and getting you're brainwashing people at the heart of it. You're pulling them up to think that the the reason their life is shitty or whatever's going wrong in their pri private world is now the Muslim folks' fault. It's the black man's fault. It's the Asian woman's fault or the Hispanic father's fault. You know, I don't know about you, man, but if if I had a kid and we lived in this country and we had a dictator type living on top of us and we were always scared for our lives and our freedoms and we had one option run 3,000 fucking miles as best you can or 1,000 miles as best you can to get across to Canada I think I'm gonna fucking take my chances bro and that's what these people that are coming over that are immigrants that are being told, well, you, you go back to where you came from and all this shit. No, where's the human side of us? Where did that get lost? We are all human people. I don't want you to get right. hurt because you probably didn't want me to get hurt. I don't want to see you suffer and go through things that would be tragic because it would affect me and it affects the world, that negative drama constantly being fucking bred. So all these things considered and you just look at the bigger picture and you just go, man... Something's broken in the system. How do you even fix it, you know? Right, definitely. And so whenever, whenever I think of at least of what's going on with, like, the the immigrant crisis and all of this is that I don't know why it always brings me back to... Um, I don't know why it always brings back to film for me, but do you remember the movie Day After Tomorrow? Yeah. Do you remember when it came to a point where basically, like, every first world country was basically toast at the end of that movie and everyone had to go to their third world counterparts for start. They had to basically try to immigrate, like go to the border walls, climb fences, w cross through rivers to get to a better life, to escape what the travesties that were happening. Yeah. And I think that's like, and then it shows like the pre like the, the vice president became president who was just so against like what was going on, saw him like hat in hand at the end of that, like being like they, in our darkest hour, they welcomed us in, but we don't, I feel like we would love it if someone did that. If we were in that situation, we would love that, but we don't want to be, just because we were in the the power seat or whatever, we're wanting to just isolate everyone else, see everyone else as other. That if you're not a white Christian male, really, 
that you're the other and whatever happens is wrong. Like, even if you do something wrong, it's always something, it's not your fault. It's basically like, you see, with, we saw it with the, the shootings that just happened. Yeah. They were white Christian male, and it wasn't their fault. It was society. It was video games. It was... It has nothing to do with the systemic racism that's been driven down our throats literally the entirety of our existence. And either you're you're man enough and you grow, and I'm sorry I'm going to be a little bit vulgar here, folks, for those of you listening who might not be used to these kind of words being thrown on Poor360, but you grow a fucking pair of balls and you realize, like, look, my fellow man being well is a whole fuck ton more important than my one color skin race of people being well because if this whole globe can get on the same page things are going to operate way better for everybody across the board but as long as we keep putting these these invisible barriers between each other because of race because of gender because of sexual orientation and creed and all those things like the more barriers that get put in between us and the more quote-unquote differences we're led to believe we have to have the less we feel like we are all people and all i want is for all these people to just be we're we're habitating a place all of us are one species that's like if all the orca whales were like you know what any orca whale that doesn't have this certain dot on their back we're gonna go fucking kill them fuck those orca whales that's crazy that's not how that species works right. they all are in right. tandem all, yeah, like we've all like we've all learned the fact that skin color was all based on your location to better adapt to the area you evolved into like the closer you are to the equator, the darker your skin is. Like that's proven science, bro. Right. Like, why should we judge people based on that? Can we talk about that for a second too? I'm not trying to hijack the show. I know we have a lot to discuss, but I need to. I need to get your viewpoint on this. When the fuck did fucking science stop being fact? Like, when did? Oh, it, they don't know what they're talking about. They're only scientists. They have no idea what they're talking about. Like that's when it's when when did science become opinion? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Scientists literally, from hypothesis to full-blown idea, they work it out. Does my idea actually work how I think it works? And if it does, that's not a theory. That's a science fact. And if it doesn't work, it's just a theory that maybe in a certain situation it can shift. But I don't understand when facts, science facts, scientific facts, you look at our globe and how it's the hottest recorded July in history. Hottest recorded July in history on our planet. We just lost 11 million tons of ice off of the fucking polar ice caps in the north. 11 right, billion right. tons of ice, dude, in one day, in 24 hours. That's not a lie. Go look that shit up. That has re really happened. Science. Okay, climate change isn't real. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, that's bullshit. Climate change is real. You can see it, man. My fucking dead grandmother. I know it sounds weird. She could see it. I'll never forget, like, in, like, 97 or 98, she looked at me, and she's like, it never used to be this windy. Something's wrong with our planet. It's so much more windy all the time. And it it definitely had started to be more of a windy time in, in, in this world, and then storms started being more and more, and then the erratic behaviors with our weathers and our summers and winters flip-flopping and being so, you know, you can have a bizarrely cold day in the middle of summer. You can have a fucking... 80 degree day in the middle of winter like that shouldn't happen <laughs> you know right. I've, I've noticed even like the last couple years how things have shifted like the hardest part of winter used to hit in like december now it hits in like mid-january how early we'll feb have, yeah for sure like i remember like my birthday was like which is in late february was like freakishly cold that's usually like on like the precipice of spring at that point we saw like usually april we get all like the rain and stuff like 
we had like this past May, it was just like downpours for like weeks, like solid weeks. Like grass was flooded out, like you couldn't mow your lawn. It was just kept growing. It was just too muddy to do anything about it. Absolutely. And now we see in Europe, they've had a record heat wave that's something like they've never seen before. Like I was in, I had a layover in Amsterdam, and literally it was 116 degrees on the runway. Holy like it's shit! Not, like it's not durable. So what'd you do in Amsterdam, and, bud? I only had two hours. I couldn't do much of anything. Oh, never mind. I know, unfortunately. I got some waffles and uh, paid for something in euros. So oh, I wanted to just, the, I'll say that to you here. That's a good uh, little quick tangent. You guys were talking about the waffle thing at McDonald's. Uh-huh. It's just the same. It's ex- it's the exact same as over there, and it's amazing. I know I know. Liz and I think we're going to go try it now that we've had it. We, have, we brought some back with us. Ooh, awesome. We might still have some. We hopefully have some left. We got like a package and took it back because they have a whole little like in Amsterdam Airport. They had the whole thing of like stuff you can't get anywhere else. So it was like all their little treats and trinkets <laughs> that you could get. You're like tiny bottle of absinthe for me. <laughs> that would be. Let's let's have an interesting flight. Let's go. I don't know if that'd no, be that interesting be. as much as terrifying. But there's something on the wing of the plane. No. Oh my. Gosh. Sir, it, it's it's the wing. <laughs> It's just the yes. wing of have the plane. Have my point. own personal, have a, the whole Twilight Zone episode just in my head. And just That's hysterical. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I think it's just crazy that people who just can discount uh, just science just because lobbyists have more money than scientists do. Yeah. They can choose to tell you how you think. And that's something that has to end. And I think Ted Cruz and Ocasio-Cortez actually have a bill together to end lobbying in the Senate and the House. If I'm, yeah, I'm, you might need to look that up to double check me, but I feel like they are a bipartisan bill they put together to end lobbying in Congress, as well as something, another, they have another bill together too, I can't remember, but yeah, she's trying to work across the aisle and, you know, um, I, you know, I don't know, man, I feel like, what? do you remember a time in our country when if something came to a head and you had to vote for it, everybody just went on the floor and they decided like, we're going to make this vote now and decide whether or not we're cool with it. And now for some reason, the Senate's just like, no, nah, we're just not going to vote on that one. We're not voting on that. Like, no. Or we'll get through the Senate and then, or, or go to get through the house and then go to the Senate and be like, nah, just not going to, not going to hear it out. Exactly. Like, we, you're supposed to represent us. You need to put for Like you can't, there's so many backroom deals that we see in Washington people meeting with people like you even see like senators and congressmen that get voted out of office for doing stupid shit will just become lobbyists use their same connections and just work some stuff in the background stay in the shadows because they want to stay in that money that's what it all comes down to bro once you get a taste if politicians if like if being a politician meant okay here's the deal this is how i want Mm -hmm. our entire government to be reformed if this is if this is me throwing it out there if you're going to be a politician at whatever level Mm -hmm. The government, at whatever level, will ensure housing and a vehicle for you. That's it. They will also provide you a basic income, not a high dollar income, a basic income just for your basic needs, your groceries and and, 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 and things of that nature. But you don't need to become a millionaire from becoming a politician. That is fucking crazy to me. Right. I mean, if you look at the foundation... Congressmen were in session because when they were out of session, you're supposed to go back to your normal life, have a normal job, and then just get summoned every so often to help push the country forward. Like, now people just live in Washington. They get voted once. That's when they stop becoming, like, an everyman. Stop 
having their promises and then they get kind of absorbed into that world. I mean, as much as I don't like to use what he says, like, there is a swamp in Washington, That's re- but people are happy with it. People roll around in that. Once they get there, it's like, oh, the swamp is actually just full of money. Okay, this is fine. Yeah. I don't need to drain it. I'll take the money. Exactly. It's like once they get a little bit of mud on them, they're like, oh, I guess that's okay. I guess it's fine, too. It, it, the mud is still covered in shit. They don't really care, though, because, you know, it's like, oh, it's, right. I, if I just pretend it's mud, it's mud, you know. But there's really, like, blood on people's hands and stuff, and there's, like, a lot of people, and I'm not trying to call a certain party out. I know that both really across-the-board political reform needs to be happening, too, because the ideology that we are a a, a two-party system is wrong. It's broken. It, it can't right. keep working this way because it's not. If one side doesn't like the other side, what happens? Stalemate. If one side doesn't like the other side, stalemate. It's it's a never-ending battle. Right. It's also ridiculous because, like, between the two parties, you have, like, oh, you have, like, factions within it. Like, oh, these are the far left. These are the moderates. These are the the left-leaning. Like, it's all, there's all these different subgroups. Like, just make that all separate. Like, we don't need a third party. We just need more parties. We just need people to... Because you're, you're, in the end, you're left with two options, and no one's going to check all of your things. Well, and I think like, that election- maybe there needs to be a way that we, you know... Why does it have to come down to two people running head-to-head to run the country? That's so... That's literally splitting a divide. And if you had 10 people run for president at the end, and, and, and they had a way to do it where every vote does count, every vote does matter, at the end of the day, whoever had the most votes across every state gets it. That's it. End of story. There's no electoral college bullshit. There's no, I don't give a fuck if some states have less per capita people. It doesn't matter. You live in that fucking state, you're voting for it. You have to vote yeah. and make your and make your no, and you make your voice known. And if there's ten candidates and one candidate gets four votes more, well, that motherfucker's four votes more the president than the guy that didn't get those four votes. Right. The end. Let's just do it the way they do the uh, the best picture at the Oscars. Do a preferential ballot. You rank your people one through ten, and then whoever has the least amount of votes gets dropped off. Their votes get pulled to the top. Then the person who wins. Has the most people like them? It's the make it the new popular vote. See, look at that. That is a brilliant way to do it. You just took the Oscars and put it into the political world, and it's something that could totally work. That makes sense I mean, to it's me. Not, I mean, the only it's not going to be the person who had the most. Like, it might be the person might have, oh, like forty nine percent is everyone's number one pick. But if the guy who's the number two pick everyone's number two pick, then that guy wins. I mean, that's the that's the downside, but I think that's more universal acceptance of that person. Absolutely, because it's like, well, you know what? If this guy that I wanted to vote for doesn't work out, at least we'll have this guy. This guy's definitely the good guy. And if everybody agrees that that good guy is the good guy, well, then he should maybe be the one to lead our country. But I also think that there need to be a couple other changes in our political system. I think that term limits are a huge deal. Oh, that's the definitely. other thing Ocasio-Cortez and Head Cruz are working on is a term limit deal, I do believe. Um, yeah. The only thing is, it's like voting against a raise. Like, oh, if we're all going to vote to get a raise, like, eh, is no one going to stop your voting? It's like, no one's going to vote against giving them something good. It's like voting to win the lottery. Do you want to win the lottery? Sure, I'll vote for that. Like, But they need to know that, like, it needs to be a public art. Like, everyone needs to be against. Like, that should almost be someone's campaign platform that has the whole support behind them, like, the world wants this. We need to make it happen. Absolutely. Because otherwise, like, why would you stop? 
Well, I think that term limits are important because you have to have fresh ideas constantly in to refresh our nation. And you know what? It runs on both sides of the aisle. You have people who are in the swamp who are in the GOP who have done nothing but harm and constantly voted for things that are crazy and made life a lot harder for people. And then on the other side, you have people like Bernie who have been doing it with no term limit and been fucking getting his, finding his way to the top, man. And just it took the right. time to chip away to get into the position to be heard and uh, became kind of like the internet darling of 2016. But uh, clearly term limits need to be a thing because we always need to have refresh and fresh ideas. I also think not only do term limits need to be a thing, I think they need to have a preferential age range. Like if we're going to vote for politicians, we want them to be from the ages of 25 to 59 and that's it or you know something like that maybe that's not the exact number but you know right. somewhere in that in that spectrum so that you don't have somebody who has a really tired old agenda who keeps slowing the processes of evolution down that's all we're doing right now is slowing right. the evolution of our nation down by being so not even conservative we're literally saying you know what it's like a kid who is you tell them you're gonna eat your fucking dinner and they i'm not i'm not eating my fucking dinner i'm not having that i'm no and you, you have to like you almost Mitch mcconnell <laughs> yeah moscow mitch you almost have to feed it to him you know right like, like, look at the point. Like, do you think uh, AOC is not the still have the best ideas thirty years from now? Not necessarily. Exactly. She might giving someone an opportunity because when people first get into these positions, that's when they're they have the most fire. That's when they're the hungriest. They want to make the change. Ten years later, it goes down a little bit. Ten years after that, it goes down. They just keep getting just a little bit enough to get reelected, and then they can just settle back down again and make little noise, it, make no ripples, keep status quo. It stops being about making change to better our country, and it starts being about the paycheck and ensuring that that's coming in to live a certain lifestyle. And then, you know, things run even deeper because we learn that really Washington's seedy, man. There's some fucking weird, not cool stuff going on with people in Washington. We've heard about the whole Epstein thing. He's got connections yes. all over Washington. Makes you question, Both you sides. know. Uh, exactly. I didn't say one side. You nailed it on the head. Both sides of the fucking aisle have been seen with this guy. What have they done? What do they know? What gross shit right. has been happening? And really, once you expose that, that's that's what I'm saying, man. The whole thing, our entire government needs a shakedown. It needs a complete overhaul. Like We need to, as people, look at this and go, what the fuck are we doing? We fight each other all the time. There are shootings all the time. No one's fucking happy. Everyone's depressed right now. Right. Everyone's struggling to just keep the fucking lights on. You know, mm -hmm. no one's having a fun time, you know. And why are we doing this to ourselves? If we were all for each other, we'd say, fuck you politicians. We'd all put together a plan where we all get a slice of the pie the right way, and things are fucking working a lot more kosher. Right. I mean, it would, it would make so much sense to just, if we could really get the politicians back working for us instead of working for their own interest or the interests of people who are lobbying them money. Like, we've seen people have a stance, then they have a couple back rebukes, then their stance suddenly changes. Exactly. AP, so in the uh, 2028 election, we should run. I'll be old enough. You'll be old enough. I can be VP. You can be prez. It's cool. We'll just, well, as a network, just fill out the cabinet. We'll do, we'll do great things. Oh my God, dude. The poor Phillips ballad. Like, it sounds good. It rolls off the tongue. Four Phillips. We just got to make sure we put the P's right or it's going to look really weird. Poor remember Phillips when, 2028. Remember, 
remember Trump Pence sign when he like the first one was like the T was going through the P and it was just like oh no that's yeah it's not no don't do that total penetration <laughs> that was so bad yeah totally oh my gosh oh man speaking of Trump I know I said like kind of in the rundown that I kind of want to run through Trump's Twitter which uh, is always a fun thing to bring up that was actually one of the first episodes you were on you talked about Trump's Twitter and you called him a what, like Twitler? Twitler in chief yeah, or something? Yeah, Twitler. That's right. He still is Twitler, man. Hasn't changed. Uh, it's unfortunate that I'm following him, but I got to keep an eye on him somehow, right? Yeah, I don't follow him. I just go and search for that dumb mother effer. And... Uh, I still remember that day that uh, someone at Twitter just took down his account for about like six hours or something crazy. Oh, yeah. Someone who had that kind of power and just, like, everyone freaked out when Trump just didn't exist on Twitter. And he freaked out and it was just so much fun. Like, I think it was, like, breaking news everywhere. It's like, did Trump just get rid of his Twitter? Like, what's happening? Did they just ban Trump on Twitter? Oh, my God. Twitter actually made a step against the president. Holy shit. And that wasn't even the case. Boring. He just makes so many things. Oh, before I get this, did you hear the... You probably saw this day about how he said Toledo today. Yeah. Or hearts go out to Toledo, you fucking moron bastard. Like, come just, on, just man. Reading the, just reading the prompter. You know what's crazy? Here's the thing. When Sandy Hook happened, you know what happened? Barack Obama went there, and he tried to help heal the nation. And now we've got these shootings going on, and Trump is not trying to heal the nation. He's just trying to place blame on everything else, shift it off the fact that he is the cause of these shootings. You know? Shift him, shift everybody away from the fact that he is the reason these things have continued to happen. Right. I mean, I remember, like, after, I don't remember which shooting happened, but he came out, like, actually sounding like relative president. He was against the other politicians that were saying, um, you're an NRA's pocket, I'm, I'm, I owe nothing to no one, and, like, I was like, oh, this is actually, like, wow, I didn't think I actually ever hear him say this, and then, like, he had a private meeting with the NRA and then came out business as usual. And I was like, ah, oh, that's... They, they gave him some... They put one and two zeros in front of how much they were giving him just to get him to get back in their good graces. Yep. It's, uh... Oh, my God. Oh, it's like the NRA... Okay, cool. Yep. You want the bigger paycheck? And they... Because they know, man. They spoke to his appeal. All his appeal is money. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. We'll throw an extra couple hundred mil at you. It's no big deal. Well, and you see, like, you see, like, all these little rallies that have where, like... He doesn't, like he doesn't pretend to stop people from like getting into their darker desires and their darker things. I remember someone said like, "What do you do with like um, immigrants are coming in?" And someone like screamed out like, "Shoot them!" And he just like smiled and like looked away and didn't say anything. And I was like, "That's you can't. You're the president. You can't just let that slide." He wasn't president. Like, he wasn't president. But do you know who wouldn't have let that shit slide? And I saw him not let shit like this slide. McCain. John motherfucking McCain, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I remember that when someone was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 let's not like." They called. They is... called Obama a bad man, and he mm-hmm. stopped his rally and he said, "Ma'am, I have met him and he is a very nice gentleman. We don't see eye to eye on our ideals, and that's all that this is about." And I don't know why all politicians can't be with each other. I don't know why they have to always go for blood or see them as the worst person ever and try and just so discord like i don't know why fear appeals to them so much why they want us to all fight because i guess when we're fighting about something that's 
we can't be unified, Something man. Right, it's easier to control that way. Like, everybody, we've been taught it our whole lives. United we stand, divided we fall, but they divide us. Our own fucking people in the top divide us at a constant rate. Constantly, it's a race war. It's a this. It's a it's a clash of ideals. And can you have sex with someone of your own sex? And can you smoke cannabis or not? Or whatever the fucking free health care for all, or whatever the topics are. Like it's it's a you're either on one side or the other. And there's no nobody in the middle anymore saying, hey, hold on, listen, this Medicare for all thing can work. And it can work this way that they're suggesting, but we need to help explain to people they're saving money doing this as opposed to making them think we're paying, making them pay more money because right. it's all about presentation. So, you know, I just think that the division has to stop at the top and until we, the people, haha, see what I did there, uh -huh. make the decision to make them make that change, we are going to be stuck in the same repeating cycle. I, I agree. Sorry, I, I pulled up his tweets, and as you were saying that, I thought this was kind of funny. Uh -oh. So, go ahead. Trump's top tweet from like five hours ago said, "We must honor the sacred memory of those who have lost by acting as one people. Open wounds cannot heal if we are divided. We must seek real, bipartisan solutions that will truly make America safer and better for all." I don't think he said any word of that. I think that was written by one of his speechwriters, and he is not. He's not acting like what he said here. He probably didn't even know that tweet went out. Yeah, because they think... probably do something like this. If there's something like this where they're like, shit, we need to make a move, they're probably like two or three people that have access to Trump shit. They probably block notifications on that one post from him ever seeing that there's any interaction. And he, he's none the wiser, dude. He would never pay attention to it. He's not scrolling through his shit looking at old posts. He writes it, forgets he ever fucking wrote it, and moves on. And that's how we end up with those, those weird... Kofife. That, yep, that, Kofife. that's the one. <laughs> Do you see, did you see that he also talked about the death penalty for mass murders and those who commit hate crimes? No, I did not see this. Please he, enlighten me. He said, today I am, he tweeted, Today I am also directing the Department of Justice to propose legislation ensuring that those who commit hate crimes and mass murders face the death penalty and that this capital punishment be delivered quickly, decisively, and without years of needless delay. If that is true, that's actually, I think, Good. something that should happen. Yeah, if he, can, if, if he can manage to keep that, that, but this is all words, like, it means nothing until action. they're exactly you just said it best actions it's all about action it's all about that fucking moscow mitch getting his head out of his ass and his broken shoulder and bringing his ass back to uh, washington to get shit done because it's time and you can't fucking keep recess happening because you're fucking afraid to come back uh, i can't i uh I saw something I thought the, was the best thing after he hurt his shoulder. It said, well, at least Mitch Powell was able to bring something to the floor. <laughs> oh, man. It could have ended uh, so much cooler, though. I hate to be dark oh, like man. that, but, like, he is really, he is fucking up our country, bro. It's I mean, all he wants so to do sad. is just confirm judges. Like, all he cares about getting conservative judges in there, and then that's really it. He could care about anything else. It was the same reason he made Barack Obama second term mostly a lame duck presidency is because he just... Didn't care. Yep. This... He'd rather have nothing done than something that he didn't like. Exactly. And that's what's wrong and broken with the system. Right. And speaking of kind of the old guard, we know that 
right now we kind of have a crazy number of Democratic candidates. Basically what we saw in 2016 with the Republican field, we now have that same situation on the Democratic side. It's March Madness, but it's fucking Democratic nominees, you know? Right. Like, it's crazy. Like, there is so many of them that they have to do two nights of debates with ten people each night. Like, this, they just had the... Couple episodes back, I talked about the first one. They just had their second one last week, and literally, it's like there's no one that's really standing out from the pack that I can see. Everyone has their pluses and minuses. And there's some people like, "Why are you even on this stage? Like, who are you? Well, like, I, you're just I, you're getting a minute to talk, and nothing else is happening." Sorry, I kind of jumped on you there. Oh no, you're okay. You're totally okay. I just have a lot of thoughts. I've, I've, as I was saying earlier when we were discussing this, I keep up with my politics and stuff. And with these debates, I've watched both nights. I've I've watched the candidates talk. I've watched the candidates talk after these tragedies that our nation has just suffered. And mm-hmm. I'm following everything, and I'm and I'm noticing some things. There are some people to me that stand out. I think if you read a little bit deeper between the lines and what they're, if you look at m- when I'm when I, as a voter, my vote isn't always just policy. My vote is right. also. What does this person's personality bring to evolving our nation? Okay. And I think that's why Bernie in 2016 was like, apples to oranges, the best choice. If he makes mm-hmm. the ballot fair and clear, there's no question he wins. He he runs away with it insanely. And I think that's been proven, you know, and that's why they made sure that didn't happen. But do you, but before we get off this, do you think. Do you think there was a lot of people that once Hillary, uh, otherwise simple said, stole the the nomination, how everything went out that way, do you think a lot of people ran to Trump that were Bernie supporters? Yeah, they felt burned by the DNC, man. They felt like, how can we even trust this party? This guy is talking all this shit, and maybe you had to ignore all the racist rhetoric because he was saying something about draining the swamp, and you're like, fuck yeah, we need to drain the fucking swamp. Bernie just got fucked. What the fuck, man? You know, like you're all upset about it or whatever. But that that appeals to some people. Some people go, okay, fuck it. I'll bite the bullet. I'll vote for Trump. And now we're all eating it. We are all eating it. Right. We were all, you know, they wanted something different. And they got something different, but it wasn't good. They felt the burn, and now we're all burned for it. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think that's an, an interesting thing to note is, like, when you look at the candidates who are currently running for the presidential nomination on the Democratic side, there are some people that there there's no chance. Like, I'm I'm going to give them less than 0%. If you were to run down the list of names, or if I were to pull up the list of names and we were to go through them, like John Hickenlooper, not a fucking chance. You got uh, what is it? Bill Inslee, I think he's the Washington governor. Bill De Blasio. Uh, Bill, Bill De Blasio, but there's an Inslee too. Who? Jay Inslee. Jay Inslee. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, Bill, Bill, they're all Bill De Blasio, Jay Inslee. <laughs> same thing. Two sides of the same coin. They don't have brave enough ideas. You've also got uh, what's his fucking name? It starts with a D. Um. I can see his face. He got burned real bad uh, by Elizabeth Warren. Delaney. John Delaney. John Delaney. There we go. Not to be confused with John Mulaney, who's a comedian. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Thank you for saying, too. I'm glad you did that. Um, 
So he also, I don't think, has a chance. Andrew Yang, I think, has some really brave ideas. Honestly, he is a dark yes. horse candidate. However, I know a lot of people love him. However, I think they're a little bit too radical for what we need right now. We can get to the steps. We can get to universal basic income mm-hmm. at some point, but it's going to have to come to see that universal Medicare for all can work and that other other programs like that can work and also to recognize. And the one thing that uh, Andrew Yang, I really appreciate about his campaign, and he talks about it, is like job automation is tripling at an alarming rate. And before you know it, there aren't going to be jobs for people because they're all going to be automated. Right. right. We've seen how the fast food industry is adopted. Like, there's no registered people anymore. There's no people taking orders. It's a screen. Yep. And you got like one person make sure all the screens are working. And then it used to be three registers or four registers of people waiting to take your order. Now it's like seven screens. Then one person is just kind of like, everything, you can just fill out your stuff over there. Oh, number 57. Working themselves. 57. Double cheeseburger, yep. 57. F- 57. Mm, I, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And I've even seen it, like, because uh, I get stuff when I work on the house, stuff from Home Depot. Home Depot's gone very uh, self-checkouts now, which I thought of a hardware store would never go that way. It's very, that is now one that is very interesting to see the whole section. Like, I mean, literally, the po- the part of the store where they call it the exit is where all the self-checkouts are. But technically, the entrance is your customer service desk slash, like, two registers where there's a lady working. And she's right, always, that's exactly. you know pissy that you went over to her <laughs> yes you know you're go- keeping her job around because otherwise there'll just be no person everyone never had a time trying to people in the store to help me exactly let alone now find somebody to register but before we talk more about these candidates i wanted to kind of play a game with you just to prove how crazy this is i want to see how many of the democratic candidates you can name okay okay i have there are 25 of them Okay, let's... And I have them all written down. That's how I was able to recall some of them. And I'm just going to see how many you can name. Okay, let's go slowly. We'll work our way through them. I've kind of named some of them, but we'll we'll, right. we'll get into it. Okay, so let's take the big dogs off the top. You got Joe Biden. Yep. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Yep. Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. Yep. Cory Booker. Mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke. Yep. Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> I got this, bro. <laughs> no phone. Look, look. You can look at my hands. No phone. Look, I know. My phone is off too. I just want you to see. I don't have no no prompt here. This was on the spur of the moment. Eight. You got me eight. Uh, okay, Amy Klobuchar. Let's go. Okay, so Jay Inslee. Yep. Bill De Blasio. Mm-hmm. John Delaney. Yep. Uh, John Hickenlooper. Yep. Tim Ryan. Yep. And he actually just dropped out of the race. Oh, really? Today. Yeah. I didn't know. Which is really surprising because being a, uh Ohio rep, he's been in the news a lot today talking about the, the fall of the shooting. But he, I did see that he did drop out. I don't think it's, it, it kind of got dwarfed in the news, but I think I, it's what I read that he had dropped out of the race officially. Okay. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Yes. Am I at 15? Um, Four, 15 or 14? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 14. 14. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So I'm trying to... Th- oh, Andrew Yang, obviously. Yep. Uh, Julian Castro. Yep. Oh, I can't think of her first name, 
but it's the author Williams. Maria Williams? Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson. Yeah. Yeah, she's a she's an interesting person. Yeah, she is very interesting. I actually really enjoyed some of the things she was saying. Um You're get, you're getting down into the Did I say Pete? Did I say Mayor Pete? Yeah, you did. Okay, I'm just making sure. Um Yeah, you're, there's only a few there's really only a few left and there's some of those are weird. Um and I'll give you one that um of the 25 that did drop out after the last debate, and that was Eric Swalwell. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He had, that, he had that big thing about the pass and the torch in the last debate that I thought was pretty poignant. But he did drop out after that, and then someone came in and filled his spot, so that didn't help anything. <laughs> yeah, of course. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. You have seven left. Seven left. Three, four, five. Yep. God, and it's almost like, you know, I feel like some of these people haven't had big moments, you know? Yeah, and I, and I would tell you that you actually pretty much only have all the ones that have actually taught. But there's some people that just are pulling so low they don't actually count. I just pulled this from the list of people who have put in their paperwork to be, run, to be on the ballot. But there's people that, there's a few that have been speaking, but there's some that just, I didn't know they existed before I pulled this list. Together. Oh, you know what? Um, what was the fuck was that guy's name from? Uh, he was a corporate dude. I can't think. Of, he was like the Starbucks guy. Um, oh, he yeah. he was running for. I cannot think of that guy's name, but he was technically running as well. Yeah. Um, what was his name? I honestly don't, I have I have his name in front of me. But I don't know which one's the guy. Uh, let's see here. Starbucks president. That was oh, he, it's Howard Schultz, and he decided not to run. He didn't end up running. Yeah, he told he's he put his he put his support behind Biden. Oh, um, what about uh, I know one. I got one. I got one. Uh, uh, uh lady uh, Kirsten uh, Gillib- Gillibrand. Gillibrand. Yep. Kirsten Gillibrand. Gillibrand. That is that is all of the women. Okay. Now you got. And I don't know if you're gonna, there's two that I think you could get, and I think the other four, I don't even know who they are. <laughs> then I don't think I have any more because I can't think all of right. any more. You did, you did awesome. You did better than I thought. I don't think I could have named all these people. So, yeah, kudos to you. Uh, Michael Bennett oh, is one of them. Fuck. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, Steve Bullock. Um, name is familiar. I don't think he ever hit my radar as somebody that I would have even taken seriously. He, I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he actually spoke at the debate stage because he's pulling so low. Stephen Colbert had him on his show to talk because he would just did a little uh, debate with just Steve Bullock. That was kind of funny. Um, we have Wayne Messam, Mm-mm. which nothing. Uh, Seth Moulton. Then you have Joe Sestock, Sestak, and then Tom Steyer, like guys that just I don't know who you are, but you got all the big dogs out of the way and. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of interesting candidates. I feel like we're in an issue that's... I don't think anyone's really saying it. Everyone's just focusing on I per- probably... I pretty much got everybody in the debates, didn't I? You did. You had two people that were in the debates, uh, and that's it. Really just Michael Bennett, I think. I think everyone else. Because I don't think oh, I missed, that done. I, Swalwell was the only one I missed that was also yeah. in the debates, too. Yeah, but right, I remember but he's him. Technically, but he technically dropped out. He was in the first debate. He was the red-haired guy. But, yeah, you really... You had it nailed, which... Proves that you've been paying attention, watching the debates. You're definitely very plugged into all of this. Well, man, you know what? As a 32 year old male who uh, 
you know, has something to live for. Our country is in desperate need of fi- fixing and healing. And if me paying attention to all this shit as best I can to really deeply consider who I'm going to vote for mm-hmm. when that time comes, like, I want to make sure I'm making the right choice because it's bigger than me. And I want to, I don't listen in previous, previous times that I've voted. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, first time I voted was, uh, was actually for Barack in his first term in 08. Mm-hmm. Second time for Barack in 2012, uh, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, I voted for, for Bernie, which, you know, maybe that's on me a little bit, but I was sticking to my guns that Bernie Sanders should Did you write been. in Bernie? Yes, on I the did. Ballot? I did, in fact, write in Bernie. In Illinois, where he had a, he had a, a space, so they, they, you know, they did consider that vote. It wasn't like did a throwaway. You write, did... Are you registered to vote in Illinois? Yep, yep. Okay. Yes, sir. But uh, do you think do you think your home state's going to go for <clears throat> Buttigieg in the primaries? I do actually. I and and he's uh, overall the most well-rounded candidate. He's the right age in my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, more than anything, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about this. It's fucking JFK all over, bro. He's got that. He's the right young age. He's poised. He stays so focused. There's there's not been a moment in any of the debates that anyone's rattled him, thrown him off his game. He has went at people and stood his ground. His response to the shootings that have just recently occurred was definitely more seriously taken than the president is taking them. Uh, and, and, he, and like I said, he's just young enough that has the idea and the spark. And it's like, no offense. If, if, if it's Bernie, I'm going to obviously vote for Bernie, but in the primaries, my vote's going to Pete Buttigieg, man. I'm telling you, I mean, right. at, at this point, he would have to make a serious fuck up. There'd have to be serious allegations against him or something crazy to happen well, for me to be like, Ugh, I don't, I can't feel good about voting for this guy. And he did even handle the, the stuff that happened in South Bend when he had to kind of take a break from the campaign and deal with stuff back home when there was like a shooting of a cop and no there was a cop that shot a guy yeah that was that's what it yeah was. an innocent black and man he, got and killed mm-hmm. and he kind of and he had to kind of he had to be he had to be the mayor again he had to be the kind of suspend the campaign for a little bit but he handled that all really well one thing i do like about him is that he is like like you said he's very not soft-spoken but he doesn't feel the need to like yell or really like throw at another candidate to just get their word in edgewise. He's very, he's kind of like that the the Teddy Roosevelt. You kind of speak softly and let your actions speak for you. Yeah, you walk softly, carry a big stick. You yes, know, I, definitely. And you know what? And he has the. I mean, he, he listen. I'm gonna just break it down to you. He checks all the boxes for me. Do I want somebody who has military experience leading our nation? Yeah, because they know what the fuck it's like to be over there. They would know what it's like to say we're gonna have to send, you know, troops over to this country to fight. They're gonna know that struggle of having to get that call that you're going to war. So uh, who better? He okay. He's a gay man. That's awesome. What does our country need mm-hmm. more than anything than someone who says, "Look, I am not what you would typically expect, and it doesn't make anything fucking different." I'm right. what who I love does not affect you at all, and that's what we need because, and again, more healing. Everybody's like, "Oh shit, man, this guy's actually really level-headed." Like, okay, I can get behind it, you know. Um, his ideology. Also, veteran. What's up? He a veteran? Yes, absolutely. Which we haven't had in at least the past two presidents. Correct. So, and I mean, across the board, you look at Pete Buttigieg, and even in his policy, 
his ideology, you know, um, how he, I think, he was maybe the one who explained the tax thing for the middle class the best when talking about health care for all. Because he mm-hmm. said it like this, if you're a middle class family who's paying X amount of dollars for your premium for insurance, that's going to be gone. And instead, you're going to pay a little bit more in taxes, which is like maybe $10, let's say. And that little increase is going to ensure that everybody, including yourself and your kids, has the best health care mm-hmm. possible. We're, the, we're supposed to be the best nation in the world. We should have the best health care, right? We should all be living the longest fucking lives if we were the best country in the world. Exactly. They would we're ensure what? every single person is healthy. Mm-hmm. And aren't we, what, like 40, not 44th? We're, whatever the, we're pretty low on that list of healthiest countries. Yeah, we're not that healthy. Keeping it real. No. I know we're kind of, we're running a little long here, at least for what my audience is used to. So let's um, just, I, I picked mine just now, and I kind of want to see, who do you think is going to be the last five candidates standing on the Democratic side oh, I love- going into... I love this question, okay? And I love it because, first of all, it's kind of, it, it's almost obvious how this is going to play out. And and, and I'm going to also throw a sixth curveball at you that's not somebody I think that's going to be left standing, but that they are going to be involved in the presidential race. And you're going to be like, what the fuck? Whoa. Okay, so here's my final five. I think Bernie, Liz Warren, Joe mm-hmm. Biden... Mayor Pete, mm-hmm. and it's most likely going to be, I mean, even though I don't personally, personally believe she should be there, I think Kamala Harris has enough of a following right now that's going to push her into that final five. Then what I would like to that's see nice. out of that final five is, I don't care who it is in the final five, two of those final five need to be Prez VP and just put it to bed. We're banding together. I, I agree. I have the, I had the same five written down. I know they're the ones that are probably getting the most. They're getting the most screen time. They're the ones that are most talked about. Better Roke's been around a lot, especially since the the Ted Cruz thing. But I don't think well, he, and, it's his time yet. Well, and his El Paso thing. I don't. Did you see he had like a a little bit more of an explosive response to Trump this morning? Yeah, he's. I think he's. I don't know if it's going to come off well if he was debating against Trump. To be honest, I think. They're both too... It, it'd be like just yelling. An argument. It would be back. an argument. And I don't think that's what... We need someone like like Pete or someone who can just take it... Mayor Pete would just, just talk through it. Trump. Right. He would just be like, I don't care what you're saying about me. I'm not going to take anything personal. I have a goal. It's to say what I need to say and keep my points solid, right. you know? I mean... I personally like uh, Julian Castro. I think he's got some good ideas. He's not he there yet. Probably be to cut like five, ten years from now, he'll be in a prime position to be right. running for president. I absolutely agree with you. Right. I definitely believe like Cory Booker and some of these other guys that are that are running right now. I think would make good cabinet members. Stick with their doing. Do what they want to do and attach as a rep as a senator to bring this forward. And then the next election, because of those five that we picked. These are people are gonna maybe do a term, maybe do, some of these are getting older. Like Bernie and Biden and Elizabeth aren't getting any younger. Yeah, they're, Ber- they're I, I feel up. like if Bernie or Biden, or, well, okay, really, Biden's not a senator or anything right now, so it doesn't really matter for him. But if Bernie and or Liz Warren don't win the bid and go, they are they will walk away from Congress officially because of their age. 
You think they'll just retire and call it good? I do. I really do. I think that Elizabeth Warren fighting with the president for as long as she has is taking a toll on her more than she realizes. Mm -hmm. I think the same could technically be said for Bernie and how much he advocates change. He is like the literal... um, He is the reason that we have such... um, progressive ideas coming through this uh these debates and these ideals that we're talking about with these candidates but to really quickly keep this all together i don't think that mike pence is going to be vice president if trump runs again when trump runs again i kind of thought to be honest at least how things were going more recently or even like in the last year i kind of thought uh pence was going to jump ticket and run against him in the primary Interesting. With the inside stuff, I kind of thought, but I don't think it would have done well, and I think they would have. It would have just been a mess. Yeah, it would have been a he's massacre. Just, he's a little too into the Kool Aid to break off now, but I would. I wouldn't be surprised if Trump with someone else. What if I told you term. that that someone else has already been picked, has already been on Fox News, and is on the other side of the aisle? Who are you? I don't know this. Who are you talking about? Okay, so follow me, if you will. Here's something that I find very bizarre, but in all of this build, there's been one question mark that I keep trying to see where she stands, and every time I think I have an eye on where her headspace is, I get a little bit more confused, and that is Tulsi Gabbard. And I believe that Tulsi Gabbard could totally jump party and go be Trump's VP as a way to say, let's bridge the gap. Let's all work together. All you people that voted for me that don't get to see me as president, here's an opportunity for us to bridge our nation and make everything right. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. It's going to get some people excited and enticed, and they're going to think about it. But here's the thing. Why the fuck is a Democrat who is completely opposed or at least should be opposed to racism and xenophobia, going on the most racist, xenophobic person television show in Tucker Carlson and giving fucking interviews about Kamala Harris, who is a Democrat. That is true. And Trump sees it as a female minority from none one of the continental 50 states. It's checking a lot of his boxes. It helps him appeal. People will see it as a ticket of party unity. The people who are against or against the divide might see that as a way out. They know it's easier to get someone reelected than it is to get someone from their ticket elected. It, it's kind of a smart move, which I don't think is something that he chose to do. I think someone put that in his head. But the thing that's interesting is there are people that have connected her to Russia, and they haven't made that official yet, but there are people that are like, we're like 40% sure she's been getting hidden Russian donations. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point that also comes to light. We'll see. She's definitely, she's talking a lot, but I don't. She I don't think she's polling well. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I'm really. I think it's once we can get all of the people on the debate stage that are running. I think once we can get down to ten and less, mm. I think we'll be able to get a better idea. Because right now we're getting people that have not even debated each other yet. Well, and I think are, aren't we down to the final ten? Because didn't they say that the next poll or the next debate on ABC is only ten people and five or six of them have already officially qualified and that's it yeah i think they're, they're, they're tightening the rules to say you have to have a certain threshold a certain polling point it's polling and up. it's and it's donation your your right. your campaign donation yeah so i think yeah once it gets i think i think it is 10 it's 10 or 12 but yeah i think we're gonna get it down to a tighter number which will mean some more benefit conversations as long as the moderators can 
cannot try and just undercut and try and cause infighting, I think we'll have a good thing there. And you know, but I feel like go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead, dude. No. <laughs> and I feel like uh, we could talk for. I know once we get close to the next debate, we might have you on for a a two parter, one before the debate and one after the debate. Really get dive into this and i think that would be a lot of fun i would absolutely love that i would love to even if we could pull it off and i know it's hard because sometimes it's on the week nights but i would love to watch the debate with you and just like riff during it you know maybe we could like do something like this where we're watching it together while we're on do like know. a live stream yeah but uh you know you know one thing to note is i do think that when we do get down to that final five you said it best how cool would it be if all five said we're coming together to be the cabinet like all five of us are banding together. We don't care. We're gonna we'll decide president in a minute. We'll figure that out. But we just want the American people to know the five of us are all on the same page. You know, we believe Mayor Pete is a good shot for Prez. We want Bernie to be the, you know, Secretary of State or whatever the fuck. You know, however right. you wanna however you wanna splice those people like in. They, if you had it show up at like the Democratic Convention, but like this is our ticket. Like not just the president and vice president. This is this is our this is our crew. We'll fill out the rest how we see fit, but this is our this, this is the future. I think that would blow some minds and turn some heads, and I think that would be ultimate unifier. That Trump would not be able to stop exactly yeah. an ultimate unifier. We have to look at it like that, man. We really do. We have to hope, that, and and I mean even listen and 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 I and, and I can also say this: even if only two of those people come together, like a Sanders Warren ticket or a Buttigieg Warren or a Warren Buttigieg or a uh, you know, uh, it would never happen, but like a, a Bi- Biden Harris. <laughs> yeah, that would. As much as I liked that idea originally, I was like, "There's no way now." They're too. Too. They're too diametrically opposed, and she does not like him, and has made that clear. Oh, so I just love the the go easy on me, kid. I was like, "Oh no." Yeah, but oh, I no. mean, and I mean, she got popped in that second debate. Kamala Harris, Gab- Tulsi Gabbard went at her hard, and she wasn't wrong. She no told facts, and she shut her down, and it came to the point where it was like. Kamala Harris had no comeback, had nothing to say about these, uh, you know, locking people up for marijuana crimes and laughing about smoking Everyone's, it, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Everyone's got uh, skeletons and got to take punches and give them in this debate, it seems. But So far, though, I think that, like I said, and I just want to keep it real, at least, at least in my immediate knowledge, I don't think Mayor Pete's got a lot of skeletons, man. He's a very yeah. open and out there kind of dude. Right. As much as, like, I... When, when, like, he started getting, like, buzz around him, when he started, like, being in the news, where I was like, why is this mayor from random town Indiana suddenly this... He essentially, I feel like, almost captured the Bernie effect of 2016. That that kind of... that oh, the grassroots, but a lot of people are unifying him for someone who no one knew about four years ago. But it's because that when they got... It's people who are able to see like there's a lot of people man right now that no matter what happens no matter what happens in the primaries and everything else there are people who are still going to vote out bernie they're going to vote for him to be the guy no matter what they're going to vote for him in the primaries if he doesn't make the ticket they're going to still fucking vote for him to be president and it's not going to be nearly the number i think it was when it happened because of hillary right but it's not as fresh well but 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 it's not going to be as vile and as crookedly done this time it would be more based on vote number alone is what i think it's going to kind of come down to so you know all things considered um when you see somebody like mayor Pete, that's so elegant and he can talk and he has a good background and a solid person and 
a very conservative town like South Bend, Indiana, you know, voted a gay man as their mayor. That says a lot. They embraced him because he wanted to bring change. He advocated for change and it advocated for enough change that he said, I should maybe run for president. Maybe we could do this on a big scale. And that's ambition that that knows no stopping it. That's the kind of person you want to be a president. Right. Oh, I changed things for the better on a small scale. Now we can make it better worldwide, of course. Right. I think they'll look at what he did for a, you know, that small conservative town. Not really small. South Bend's still a big city. I mean, it's the home of Notre Dame, nearly. you know, the football team, I'm pretty sure. Right. But now you're going to, but give them the, kind of give them the house to play with, I think will be. I think great. So we'll have to really see how the rest of the another year before this thing's really going to tighten up. To who, who's your candidate, though? I mean, strong. right now in your mind, who who's your who's your pick? Who's got you impressed? We didn't really discuss. Yeah, I, I kind of I don't want to. I haven't really latched onto one specific candidate. Yet. I'm still in that point where I have my I have my top five. I'm kind of really between. Like going out of the first way, I think Kamala Harris was my candidate. I know she's taken a lot of licks in this last debate. I still think she she's I think the right age. I'm still really the like Biden, uh, Sanders and Warren. They have the name recognition. They have the kind of the experience. But I think they're on their way out. And I think we need a younger candidate to go against Trump, who's also going to be an older candidate at the time of the election. Absolutely. I think really with Harris or Buttigieg or even a ticket of them too would be a strong way to go. I know their their views aren't 100 percent in line with each other, so we'll. I have to see how that shakes out, but I think I'm leaning more Harris than Buttigieg, but I think they're both strong candidates. I think the other three have the name recognition, the donations, the network that'll carry them through down to that five, but we'll see. There's probably, there's some, not smoking gum, but there's going to be some, some that's going to narrow this thing down fast, and I don't know what that's going to be yet, but I'm expecting it to happen. The same reason that Trump was able to make himself the different and in 2016, amongst all those Republican candidates, they're all pretty well equipped for the job. There's going to be something that's, I think, going to shrink that group or at least drop off about half of them, if not more. Yeah, and I think that um, it's going to be a mixture of, in these next debates, them really hitting some harder topics, getting real, mm-hmm. real with these candidates, and making them bring to the table what they mean to bring to the table. We need to see their exactly. person. And you know what? It's like Cory Booker. He talks for days. He's great at talking. I would not vote for him for president in a heartbeat. Not at all. He is too dry right. for me. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's no passion. It's this fake right. passion and everybody's kind and it's not the world I live in, man. I've seen too much, yeah, you know. Just, it, do, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that yeah. way. You have to be a little bit more gritty. I agree. Well, I think we should wrap this up for today. Um, definitely want to thank you a lot. We've had some great conversation tonight, Nate. Uh, it's been a blast. I cannot wait to talk to you more about this. I think Poor360 in the 2020 election is going to be some great content. And I think hopefully we end up with a great president who can definitely reverse course from a lot of stuff that's been going on right now and give us a brighter future than what we're dealing with right now. We need a doctor president to heal our nation. Exactly. Because we don't have a... We don't have a health issue. We have a sickness issue. I like that, yeah. <laughs> we do. We're all down with the sickness. You're down with sickness. All right. Well, that will do it for Poor360, episode 30, the unofficial 100th episode Woo! that I have done. 
Thanks again, Nate, for being here. That will do it. Definitely stay tuned. I know there's a lot of great content coming the rest of the week with other shows, so definitely stay tuned for that. And definitely check out the OGs. I know that's a show that I like. It's it's very off the cuff. If you like podcastrophy and you just want something kind of that similar vein, OGs is the way to go. It's it's stories, history, and it's fun. And I remember to even this last episode, I was able to like remember some of the people being talked about, and it was just it was kind of a fun trip down memory lane. And I think that's what that show gives you, even if you weren't there or knew the people involved. Awesome, man! I'm I'm glad you guys are enjoying that show. It's like a new um, favorite thing for me to do. Brandon and I's chemi- chemistry is obviously undeniable. So being able to continue doing what we've done so well together for as many years as we have is like. Man, there's nothing cooler, honestly. Like, and and it's also nice because it's not him coming back to Journey into Comics and us just doing the same shit we were doing. It's a different, completely thing. It's 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 totally not that anymore, and that's cool. It's like a we almost needed. It's very Infinity War slash Endgame. We had the snap. We lost some people. Some people got blipped back. Some people stayed gone for good. Like, that's just the way it is. We can't change those things. But we got Brando back. We didn't lose the kid. And, uh, right. you know, it's all it's all good, man. Um, I Thank you so much for having me on this 100th episode. This is like the third or fourth hundredth episode of a podcast I've been on now. So that's really cool. There you go. Um, Let's keep it going. Yeah, man. You have to go down for... You have to go down for Bruce whenever that happens. Soon. That's coming real soon. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, so looking forward to that one. And, you know, there's other shows that will be hitting episode 100 before we know it, too. I know um, Foodies is, like, almost episode 75 overall, Lifetime, yeah, so that's, that's cool. that's exciting. I was about to ask you that. I, was, I knew it was getting close. I know it's yeah. hard because there's the, been the breaks and it is every other week, but I knew it was getting up there. So Yeah, we've definitely a, put it in. That'll be a nice milestone when we, when we get to that. 100th episode if it happens to fall in this season the next season who's who's to say but it'll be great yep and i want to thank everybody that's been checking out the journey into comics network for the past two years like i said we are now going to be on the cusp of celebrating our two-year podcast anniversary um party or network anniversary i guess would be the way we'd call that one but i digress it that's fine it's fine it's fine um (laughs) I'm gonna let you take over, man. I feel like I just got into like autopilot mode. My bad. Yes, you're you're wrapping up the show, but it's it's great. You are you are the podfather. This none of us would be here if it wasn't for you and wasn't for Brandon. So being able to have this platform has been great. And yeah, here's to 100 more episodes. Thanks again for listening. That'll do it for Poor Three Six for this week. You guys have a great week. You've been listening to Poor360. You can find us on the socials at Poor360 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us and all the other podcasts on our network at journeyintocomics.com or early access at patreon.com slash journeyintocomics. You can find us on all podcasting platforms like CastBox, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and many others.